right, so we are in Psalms 27, and I want to draw your attention to verse 7. It says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Uh, this, so my message I'm going to preach today, it's going to be a two-parter. And you really need to hear tonight's message too. Otherwise, you could possibly come with some uh, false conclusions about how to do what I'm talking about today. But the title of my sermon is Seeking God's Face. Seeking God's Face. I want you to notice how a few times it's mentioned here. When, he's, when the psalmist is crying out to God, he's praying to God. And he says, when thou saidst, seek ye my face. And my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, Will I seek? What does it mean to seek the face of God? Well, let's go ahead and look at a few more examples where we see this uh, call to seek God's face. It says in First Corinthians or Chronicles, I'm sorry, 16 and verse 8, it says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. This is always supposed to be our attitude where we're always seeking his face. But what does that look like? Because nobody's ever actually seen God, have they? But obviously this isn't speaking literally here, but spiritually we are to be seeking the face of God. There's no doubt about it. We see in Psalms 105 and verse 3, it says, Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7. We all know this passage very well. In verse 13, it says, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among thy people. So God's talking about bad things that would come on this nation if they're not following the Lord, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And he said, when all these bad things come on you, here's how you get out of it. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So what exactly does that mean? How do we do it? Because I believe that we as individuals should always be seeking the face of God. And I believe even as a church, as a whole, together, we should always be seeking God's face. And, you know, it's real easy to say something like that, but often we say spiritual things, but we don't really know what we're saying. You know, we don't really know how to apply these things. But one of the reasons I'm preaching this message right now is because I know for a fact that not only should we be seeking his face as a church, I know for a fact that people in this church are seeking God's face right now. Based on things that have been said to me, even just recently, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard these words, I've heard what's been said, and I recognize that as... This is someone seeking God's face kind of for the church. 
And so, you know, we know as a church, you know, when we've been faced with the fact that there is a sin, that a grievous sin that's taken place, and as a result, you know, some are wondering and maybe slightly in fear of how God feels about us right now. And you know what? That's actually a very proper response. That's exactly how we should act whenever something has taken place, whenever something wrong has happened. And you know, right now, we're kind of like a little child. You know, and you've all seen this. Those of you who have parents, you have little kids. Okay, little kids, okay, like, you know, take Hannah, for example. She doesn't really know language yet. Okay, she can't communicate with us like you and I communicate as adults. Okay, she does grunt and make a lot of noises. Some of you have seen that before that, you know, communicate pretty accurately what she wants. It communicates that she's kind of a monster, uh, too. But, you know, at the same time, it's all, we're always amazed at how little language she has, but yet how much she's able to understand. And now, little children like that, okay, we're kind of like that with God. Okay, God's ways are way above our ways. And God has to communicate with us, you know, in earthly ways. Because if he communicated with us, at, you know, on his level, it would go right over our head, right? We wouldn't understand it. And so one of the ways sometimes that you communicate to a little child like that, whenever you see them kind of going off, doing something they're not supposed to do, maybe you give, a little, you give them a little swat, right? What are you doing? You're getting their attention, aren't you? Or maybe even too, just like, like Hannah, while she doesn't know words that well, she does understand tone of voice. And they, they know when you're talking in a fun way. They know when you're talking in a not-so-fun way. And what, it, when, what do kids often do whenever you go up to them and you give them that little swat? I don't know if you, maybe my kids don't want to do this. You know what mine have always done? They always look at my face. And what are they doing? They're looking to see how I'm looking at them. And if I've got a pleasant, happy, playful look on my face, all of a sudden, that little swat was no big deal. But if I'm looking at them with displeasure, they freak out. Hey, and my kids the only ones that have ever done something like that? I mean, you can barely swat them. But if you do it with a, with a mean look on your face, they will. They'll freak out. And what, what are they doing? Because it didn't really hurt them that bad. But what, it, what they did, it got their attention and it caused them to look at the face of their parent. And when they saw that, hey, I'm in trouble, you know, typically, you know, their response, you know, if they're rebellious like Hannah is, they get mad, right? Now, what you want them to do is, you know, be crying and I'm sorry and come to mom and dad for a hug, Okay. Hannah does not do that, but uh, maybe, you know, maybe some more tender children do, but I, I think it's kind of the same thing. So it, it didn't really, you know, and I do, I think God has gotten our attention a little bit. It hasn't really hurt, but as a church, it's causing people to look and just kind of reflect. And it's like, okay, is God pleased with what, what we're doing? You know what we're doing? We're trying to see his face because we want to make sure everything is okay between us and God. That, and that's what it means to seek his face, really. What we're, what we're trying to do as we go through our life, we don't want to be ignoring him. Now, how many of your kids have ever done that before? Where it's like they know they're doing something that they shouldn't do and they try not to look at you. I swear some of my kids have done that before when I've been up here on the platform and I'm trying to get their attention with my face. And it's like they know I can't look at that. Or maybe they'll kind of glance and they'll see and then they just look, they try to pretend they, they didn't see me because they can hear all the words coming from my face and they don't want to hear it. And so, and so they, they, they try not to look. 
And we can get that way as Christians where we know we're in sin. We can get that way as a church. We know what we're doing is not right. And so what people tend to do is they look away from the face of God. I don't want to know. I like what we're doing. Right now, I'm happy with what's going on. I'm pleased with what's taking place. So the last thing I want to do is let God ruin my fun and me see his face and then find out he's not pleased with me and he's probably gearing up to give me a whooping. And that's kind of where our world's at right now. Our world, one of the reasons they are so militant against getting God out of everything is because they don't want to be reminded of God because they're willingly ignorant of the fact that destruction is coming for this world. And if they are faced with God, if they have to look in his face, figuratively speaking, they're going to realize we probably better get right and they're not going to enjoy their sins the way that they are right now. So they're purposefully looking away. There, and that is not a good attitude. That's not what we want to have. And so, uh, as, as children of God, you know, we've got to make sure we're always watching, that we're always looking for His face. And you know, have, has there ever been a time in your life, and this is okay too, and this kind of probably goes more in what I'm going to be talking about tonight, but has there ever been a time in your life where something happened in your life, maybe something bad, something negative, and it caused you to immediately kind of self-evaluate, like, am I right with God right now? And I get it. We can take some of those things too far. And if things are going good, well, I must be spiritual right now. And things are going bad, uh, I must not be right with God. Okay, we're, we're going to talk about all that tonight. But let me tell you something. Anytime something's going on like that, anytime something happens, you know, life slaps you upside the head, go ahead and look at the face of God and just say, okay, Lord, this is what I've got going on right now is not good. You know, th things are tough right here. But as long as me and you are okay then I'm okay. You know, I can handle, because, you know, the truth is, we can handle anything as long as God's on our side. If God's okay with us, then everything else is fine. You know, who cares what man thinks about us? Who cares what, what's going on in this world? As long as God is okay with what we're doing, you know, we can go forward and we can have confidence in spite of everything that's going on. We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were fine in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. You know why? Because they were looking in the face of God during that time. They had the Son of God in the furnace with them, and I personally think they probably had a good time in a place where you shouldn't have a good time. That should be a miserable time. But they came out of it not even smelling like they'd been near a fire. Why? Because they kept their eyes on the Lord the whole time. And so that's what we've got to learn to do. Whenever things are happening... As long as we've got a close relationship with God, we've got a good connection with God, we're seeking His face, then understand that we can, we can have peace no matter what's going on. But we need, it needs to just kind of be a habit anytime something happens. Always look at His face. We're supposed to seek His face continually. We're supposed to do this forever. This should always be our attitude. Everything that we do, we should always be just looking at the face of our Father. You know, good or bad, that just always needs to be the attitude. Just last week after church, I, I grabbed hand on the way out, and I was standing out there, you know, getting ready to say goodbye to people and shake hands, and it was nice outside. And so I went outside with her, and I just kind of set her down, and I, she just got real excited, kind of had a little bit of freedom, and she's looking around, but she keeps watching me because it was like she was wanting to run off. But she's like watching me, and I'm kind of giving her these looks, you know, don't go too far away. And she did. She just, she just kind of kept watching me. You know, and that's how we need to be with God. Now, all of a sudden, she did decide to rebel, and she bolted, all right, you know, and uh, fortunately, you know, I'm faster than her. And let me tell you something, we do that same thing, too, where it's like, okay, guys, you know, you know, and I was giving her some distance. 
I was giving her some space, but then she did. She bolted. And sometimes God gives us a little distance and a little bit of space. And we do. We need to be watching him. And if he gives us, kind of gives us a look. And you all understand, I'm speaking figuratively, right? We can't literally see his face. But there's something inside us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And when God's telling you, hey, you're pushing it, you're going too far, you know what we need to do? We need to get back in a close, close spot where he's got a please look. And, but unfortunately, a lot of times, God gives us a little bit of space, and we take that as permission to do whatever we want to do. And we just bolt. And we take off. And just trust me, God's going to catch up to you. But we've got, to have this, we've got to have this attitude. And so when something bad happens, when anything happens, it should be our immediate response to look at his face. And look what it says in Psalm 32, verse 8. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse and as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. We need to learn how to let God get our, our attention with his eye and not with his hand. With his face and not with his hand. I like it better when I can look at my kids and give them a look, stop doing that, and they stop doing it. I don't like it when I have to get up and I have to, or if I even have to speak, if I have to yell, or especially if I have to get up and you have to spank. I don't like that. That's not, that's not what I want to do. And we've got to understand that that's, what God, that's how God wants to guide us. But if we're not looking at Him, if we're ignoring Him, if we're not paying attention to what He thinks about what's going on, understand at some point, you know, it's probably going to start with His voice. You know, He's going to speak to us. He might do it through something like our Bible reading. He might do it through a sermon or a situation. Who knows? But I'm telling you, when the hand gets involved, that's not good. God wants to speak to us in the still small voice. And just like parents, don't, don't y'all prefer to just be able to tell your kids something without screaming? Isn't it, isn't it better that way? And when you have to yell, now they've just made you mad. And they're still going to have to do whatever you told them to do, but now you're mad, you're probably going to make it a little more unpleasant for them. It's just always better to just get the hint early on. I said, but don't, the last thing we want to do is just try to run, because you can't run. Try to hide. Just try not to look. And that's where a lot of people are at. That's why a lot of people, too, are going to the liberal churches today. Because if you go to a liberal church, it's a little easier to hide your face from God. Because you haven't got a preacher up there preaching the whole counsel of God that's going to remind you God doesn't like you doing that. That's, a lot of people are trying to avoid that. That's their way of hiding for God. Maybe that's why these churches are so dark today, too. Just to you know, give them that feeling you're hidden in here. You know, that's why they're just dark and creepy like some of these bars and nightclubs and some of these nasty places out there where it's like you want to go and be hidden. And I think that's how a lot of people are today. They want to go into a church where they can hide. A lot of people today, they want to go to a larger church because they want to go somewhere where they can slip in and slip out and no one will notice them. They don't want anybody to know who they are. They don't want anybody to know their name. They, you know, they want to go through the motions of going to church, but they want to do it without God actually speaking to them. And so they're, they're, they're putting on an illusion in their mind that I'm going to church, I'm doing what Christians do, but the last thing they want to happen is for them to be sitting in the service and then the, not the preacher speak to them, but God speak to them through the preaching of the Word of God. And then they're just confronted with the fact that, man, I'm in sin, I need to change this. That's what a lot, everybody's try, a lot of people are trying to avoid today. And that's not good. I like what Hosea 5.14 says. 
For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction. They will seek me early. God wanted them to get back to where they were seeking his face again. He wanted them to acknowledge that they had sinned, that they had done something wrong. And so I think we understand the point that seeking God's face is not a literal thing. We're not literally going to see his face. It's a spiritual thing that shows in whatever we do, we're always watching everything because we always want to know that God approves of whatever we're doing. And that, that's basically what it means to seek his face. We're always searching for his approval on whatever you're, we're doing. So the bottom line is seeking God's face is what we're doing whenever we have a real concern that God is pleased with our actions. Most people today are living their life trying to figure out how they can be pleased with their actions. They're going through life trying to find all the things that bring them pleasure, that bring them satisfaction. And let me tell you, that's an empty life. If you go read the book of Ecclesiastes and ask Solomon how that worked. Solomon, who was more successful at getting all the things that please the flesh than you will ever be. And you know what? He was empty. He said all is vanity and vexation of spirit. It did not bring him any happiness. And I'm here today to tell you what's going to bring you happiness is when you stop trying to figure out what pleases you and say, you know what? What pleases God? When, I mean, most people today, everything that ever happens, something happens at work. How does this affect me? Something happens at church. How does this affect me? Something that happens in somebody else's life. What's this going to do to me? We're always thinking about ourselves and what pleases me. And then, and, and because of that, we're so self-centered. Our world is all about us. I mean, the littlest things can happen in any place in our life that don't go our way and our world just falls to pieces because in our world, it's all about what brings me pleasure. But I'm here today to tell you we're supposed to be living a life. What brings God pleasure? And if that's what we're interested in, I'm telling you, that's where you're going to find real happiness. And so how do we do this, though? How do we put this into practice? What do I actively need to do in order to seek the face of God? Well, back in Psalms chapter 27, in verse 7, notice what it says. It says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me when thou said, Seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. First, I want you to notice prayer. Okay? Prayer is one of the things we're doing. Now, most people today, when they pray, they kind of treat it like a little kid going to see Santa Claus. That's where you just go and you sit on God's lap and you tell God everything you want and he's supposed to promise you that he's going to give it to you. And then you got people out there, they do. They go to God like a glorified Santa Claus. God doesn't give them everything that they ask for. And then they're like, well, there must not be any such thing as God. You know what the problem is? They went to God. They prayed trying to get their pleasure, trying to make sure they were pleased. And let me tell you something. There is absolutely nothing wrong with telling God and asking God for things or telling him what you want. Asking him. That's what praying means. Okay, Pray and ask is the same thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand, when it comes to this act of prayer and communication with God, asking is only just a part of it. And, but for some of us, that's all we do. Part of what we're supposed to do when we're praying is that's us seeking the face of God. Lord, I'm going to take some time 
to communicate with you. Laura, I'm going to take some time to try to separate myself from all the distractions that are in this world. The Bible talks about going into a closet to pray. Why do we need to do that? Part of the reason we need to do that is because, one, we're not trying to put a show on our prayer. But, two, sometimes you've got to get away from the distractions. I like what Elijah did when he got in that cave and all the things are going on. you got the whirlwind, you got the earthquake, and all these things taking place, distracting him. What does he finally do? He wraps his face up in his mantle. What was he doing? I think he was just trying to hide from everything. And then God spoke to him in a still, small voice. And what we need to do in our prayer is stop going and just going to God and reading off our list of things that we want. But we ought to go to God and actually take the time to pray and ask Him you know, for the things that we need and then try to give Him an opportunity to show us what He wants in our life. Lord, I'm coming to You right now because I need You to speak to me. Lord, I'm coming to You right now because I'm trying to seek Your face. I want to make sure that You're okay with what's going on in my life. Lord, I'm about to make these decisions. Are these decisions okay? Lord, I really don't know. I don't know if this is something that I'm supposed to be doing or I'm not supposed to be doing. I need some guidance right now. Lord, I need some assurance. I need some peace. And folks, I wish I could tell you how God was going to answer your prayers. I wish I could tell you when he was going to answer your prayers. I wish I could give you the formula for getting it done quick. Truth is, I don't think it's there because you go and you read the end of this chapter, it talks about waiting on the Lord. And there's a lot of verses about waiting on the Lord and unfortunately, we are, we just kind of, we have this kind of Baruka mentality of, I want it now. And we're like that in our prayer. We, we go like her running around the chocolate factory singing about how we want the whole world and tearing everything apart. And people do that in their Christianity, just want, wanting everything, thinking everything is owed to them. But no, we need to make prayer, not just us asking for things, but letting, you know, let God ask you for something. Let God actually speak to your heart. And folks, how that's going to work for you, that's going to vary, okay? For some of you, uh, you know, praying, you know, some, some people, you can pray anywhere. But, you know, for some people driving, you know, maybe while you're driving a car. That's, you know, some people, maybe they like to take a walk. You know, we all have things that we do that kind of clear our head. You know, for some, you might literally need to go into a closet, you know, wrap your face up in a mantle, something like that. I, I don't know what you have to do to get rid of your distractions. But you know what? You should take the time to do that. And anytime anything is going on, and even if, some, even if nothing is going on, we're supposed to be seeking His face continually. And we just need to make sure prayer is a regular part of our life because I don't want to be going along my merry way while God's giving me a dirty look, while God's trying to get my attention with, with His face. But I'm so distracted by everything, I'm not seeing it. And the next thing I know, I've got the hand of God coming down on me. My boys were telling stories on me the other day here in church about how I used to sneak into their room and they'd be messing around. When they were little, they were supposed to be going to sleep. And I had a way I could sneak in their room where they wouldn't see me coming in. And then I'd, I'd pounce right there in the dark. They didn't see it coming. I mean, it would. It'd freak them out. And, and you say, well, you know, why did you do that? I always wanted them to know when they were laying in bed, messing around, even though they didn't think daddy was around, he could appear at any moment <laughs> and that his coming is imminent and they don't want to be, uh, they don't want to be messing around when their father appears. Uh, and that, you know, that, that's what I was trying, you know, what I wanted to do. And you know what? We need to understand. And I did, I, you know, I think they, you know, just like I think they would usually watch the door. Eventually, I think they figured out and knew to watch the door in this other spot where I'd come from. 
But, you know, but, you know either way, we've got to learn to always be watching for God. Not because we're trying to get away with anything, but just because of the fact we know we're not going to get away with anything. It's just not going to happen. So we might, since we're not going to get away with anything, we might as well just keep our eyes on them all the time. That way, if we start veering off, we'll know what to do. So first thing we need to do is pray. Look at what it says also in Psalm 27 in verse 9. It says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. Um, that's not the verse I wanted. Um, verse, verse 7 where he says, When I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. The other thing we need to do whenever we're praying or whenever we're trying to seek God's face is we need to make sure that we are willing to repent of whatever sin that we have in our life. When we go to God for prayer, when we, when we go to God looking for approval, okay, we're, we're seeking his face because we want to know God is okay with what we're doing. If, if, you're going, if, if God's going to tell you, you have to be willing to change whatever it is he's going to want to change. A lot of people, they'll ask sometimes, you know, they'll go to God or even go to somebody else. You know, maybe they're trying to get something right, but they, they'll ask, what, you know, what did I do? You know, what did I do? The truth, the truth is, you don't want them to tell you what you did. All you're going to do is try to justify what you did. If you go to God saying, Lord, what did I do? And if, you're, if, he, if he's just, you're just planning on him telling you, and then you're just going to keep doing it, well, then why should he tell you? We need to make sure that we are ready to give up whatever it is that we need to give up. And a lot of people, they're just not willing to do that. And let me tell you, sin will cause God often to hide his face. And folks, God does this sometimes. Sometimes God hides his face from us. I'll say more about this tonight. Sometimes God hides his face because we're in sin. Sometimes God hides his face because he's testing us. And... It's, it can be a, a difficult thing. And one, of the re- and one of the things I think we can do to help keep God from hiding from us is just don't ever take your eyes off of him. That's the, that's the key thing right there. That's when he's going to hide. Have you ever done that before? I've done that with my kids before. When you see them messing around, they're not looking. You just kind of hide a little bit. Now, you know where they're at. You can see what's going on. I remember my parents did that one time. We were at a store. My sisters, they had this thing. They were always like going inside the clothes racks. And they'd hide in there. And my parents saw him doing that one time. And I remember I, I was with them. I, I was standing by him and behaving like I always did. And so my dad was just like, come on. And so we went and we like stood outside. And so he was standing where he could see where they were at. But they couldn't see him. And all of a sudden they came out and they didn't see mom or dad anywhere. And man, they got scared. And all of a sudden my dad saw him start to freak out. And he kind of appeared and they just came running and crying to him and i thought it was i thought it was hilarious i thought it was, I thought it was the funniest thing but you know it, as soon as it was like as soon as my dad though saw they were repentant you know when the tears welled up in their eyes here i am you know and and the thing is that's what we've got to understand god wants to see us repentant god wants to see us ready to submit god wants to know you know wants us to show that we're sorry for what we've done and so we've just got, we've got to make sure we have that attitude immediately. And the thing is, if you'll be more like I was as a kid and just stay with your parents and behave yourself, you know, not be hiding. And boy, if my sisters were here. But you know, they, then you don't have a problem. And that's why we've always got to keep our eyes on him. So now I, remember, I remember as a child sometimes doing things that, you know, 
would you know make me feel or feel guilty, and then all of a sudden you know I'm I'm doing something I was pretty sure I probably wasn't supposed to be doing it, you know, but I kind of played played dumb. Have your kids ever played dumb before? You know, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to go over there. You know, kids will do that sometimes where they play dumb. But one of the ways you know that they're not really as dumb as they think is when you know you can have kids playing with toys, being good. You know, even Hannah or Kelly. They'll be playing with toys, and you can walk in the room, and they think nothing of it. But have you ever walked in the room when they were messing with something they weren't supposed to, and then all of a sudden you just say something, and they jump out of their skin? Why did they do that? Because they knew they weren't supposed to be doing that. And you can tell them, why did you do that? I didn't know. <laughs> then why did you jump out of your skin when I said your name? Okay? You don't normally do that. Yeah, every parent in here knows what I'm, talk- what I'm talking about. And folks... That's how, you know, we know when we're, we're out of line. We know when we're not doing things the way we should do. And, you know, that's not good. We ought to always, we need to be, make sure we're able to do things boldly. That we're able to do things without it, you know, violating our conscience. And that just means, you know, do, do the things we know are right. And so, you know, so thankfully when we repent, God will receive us. God is very merciful. We see in verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And God is, God is more merciful than anybody else. God is very quick to receive us when we repent. When, when we recognize our wrong and we're truly sorry for what we've done, people aren't always that quick to forgive. Sometimes, I mean, people, sometimes they just don't. But I think one of the reasons sometimes people don't, sometimes they're just, you know, not very forgiving. But a lot of times, too, it's just because they're not sure if you're really sorry. They don't trust you. They can't see your heart. Now, thankfully, God can see our heart. So if you are truly sorry, God knows it. And boy, he is very quick to forgive. He will abundantly pardon. He's very merciful. And he's ready to do good. He's ready to restore you. That's how he works. So the other thing we need to do is we need to pray. We need to repent. We also just need to get in the word of God and we need to educate ourselves on God's will and just learn about him. And, the, and when we do this, when we study our Bible, we'll learn what God likes and what he doesn't like. It's okay for you to read the Old Testament. Not so you can figure out how to go to heaven, but so you can know what God likes and what he doesn't like. If God called an abomination in the Old Testament, I think he still doesn't like it today. Oh, are you saying I got to do that to go to heaven? Are you saying that's all you want to do is just enough to get into heaven? Because that's super, super lame. Because that's all you got to do is believe on Christ. But are you serious? That's all you want to do and you don't want to do anything for God? You're not going uh, to have a good walk. I think discipleship is worth it. I think you ought to get all in. I think you need to give God everything you've got. And you know what? I think you need to study the Bible. I think you need to learn his will. And when you see, hey, God hates this type of thing, I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep it out of my life. Hey, God's pleased by this kind of thing. I'm going to make sure I keep this kind of thing in my life. In fact, when you read about those Old Testament sacrifices and things and the incense and all that, there ought to be a part of you that says, I want to do that. But then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I read in the New Testament, we're not supposed to do those things anymore. Hey, but you know what? The Bible talks about doing good. And doing, uh, you know, uh, to do good and to communicate, which means to give, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The Bible in the New Testament talks about, you know, being a blessing to others, 
how it's an offering of a sacrifice of a sweet-smelling savor. Hey, I can't do those Old Testament sacrifices anymore, but you know, we've got New Testament sacrifices that are better and they have the same effect. In fact, they're even better if those things come from the heart. Because we see in the Old Testament, there was a lot of times they did sacrifices, but they were just going through the motions. And you know, remember what God, uh, what Samuel told Saul, he said to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken in the fat of rams. God doesn't even really care about those animals and the incense and all that kind of stuff. God cares about what's going on in your heart. And you ought to read those things and say, you know what? If God likes that, God likes that kind of stuff, I'm in. I want to do that kind of thing. This kind of thing is going to bring him a smile. What's one of the things that everybody does, and kids do this probably even more than adults? I think adults, we do it too. When you give someone a gift, what do you do? You look for their reaction, don't you? And what are you looking for? You're, you're, you're looking to see if they're pleased with it. Have you ever seen even little kids? They'll bring you a present, and boy, with great anticipation, they watch you open it up. And what are they looking for? They're looking for a reaction. They're looking to see if you're pleased with it. And folks, sometimes the things that little kids give you aren't that impressive. Sometimes it's a drawing that doesn't look like anything. But let me tell you something. You know, most of us, when we know that child put everything they got into it, we're pleased with it, aren't we? And you know what? Let them see that too. You know, when you have these little kids and they come and they do something for you, you know, if you have a kid, too, that comes and shows you something they did around the house and you know they're trying to please you, you know what? Make a big deal about it. I mean, just go nuts. Do that kind of thing. And, man, they get excited about that. That's, that's just normal. And you know what? They're, they did that looking for your approval. And that's the way we should be living our life. Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. And you know what? And when kids do these kind of things, too, Sometimes they do good things because they're wanting something from you. Okay, that's what they do more when they're teenagers, right? You know, they're they're you know they'll do something really nice. It's like, all right, what are you wanting from me? You know, what privilege are you wanting? What you know, what are you wanting to do? You're not as impressed then. But there's just something special about that little kid who just did something, hoping to see mommy or daddy get a great big smile on their face and make a really big deal. And let me tell you, that is the attitude we need to have with God. We need to be doing everything in our life, everything that we do, we should just be looking. And, and if we do, if God smiles at us, you know, not because we're looking like, all right, I should be getting a big check in the mail. No, that was it. That was our reward. God smiled at us. God was pleased. I made God happy with what I've done. It, folks, if we, will, if, if we will live our life that way, that is how we were intended to live. That you will get, the more, you will get more satisfaction out of that than anything else. And so we ought to be studying the Bible so we can find out what God likes. Just like a young man, he might be, you know, whenever he starts dating a girl, he might try finding out some things about her. He might try talking to somebody about her. Hey, you know, what does she like? What's her favorite color? What kind of flowers does she like? Whatever. Trying to find out all these things. Why? So he can know how to impress her. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's, a, that's, that's normal. That's a good thing. And we ought to be the same way with God. I'm going to go read the Bible. I'm going to find out what God likes. I'm going to find out what he don't like. And I'm all over it. Because I want to have a relationship with the Lord. I love the Lord. And so then the last thing, real quickly, look at what it says in verse 12. It says, Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So the other thing we need to make sure, when we are seeking His face, do not react quickly. Do not react quickly. Have patience in seeking His face. You're not always going to get immediate results when you change something. Sometimes it, it takes a long time. And when you learn something that's right or wrong, you know, when you make that change, make sure you're ready for the long-term commitment. We've got too many people, I'm going to go try doing some of that Christian stuff. I'm going to go try some of that Baptist stuff out. And they'll try it for a few weeks, maybe a few months. Well, my life's not perfect yet. Something must be wrong. No, no, no. That's not how that works. Don't even, don't even try acting like a fundamental Baptist until you're convinced this is what you're supposed to do. We have, you know, dads will do that sometimes. They're constantly changing everything. All right, we're going to the Pentecostal church. All right, girls, start fixing your hair up in a bun. No more makeup. You know, look like you're ready to kill somebody. Speaking tongues, things like that. And then, you know, and then, you know, later, all right, let's go try the Baptist out now. Our life still stinks. And then they'll try being a Baptist, do all the stuff Baptists do. You know, and what, we're just normal, right? No, you, you, know, you know how it is to be a Baptist. They'll do all that stuff, and then they'll go to the Mormons, get a couple more wives or something like that. You know, they're just always trying everything. Just always just trying to... No, get convinced of something first. And just understand, some things are going to take a lot of time for you to start seeing the fruit of those things. So we've got to make sure we're ready to make the long-term commitment. But let me... I want to close with this. Often we look for all the wrong things when seeking God's face. Yeah, I think we understand what it means to seek God's face. We're just looking for, we're always looking for his approval. We're always taking into consideration, is God pleased with what I'm doing? Is God smiling on, on, my, on me right now? Is God smiling on our church right now? Is God watching what's going on in this service? And is he pleased with what we're doing? That's, that's what that means. But often we look to carnal things that appeal to our flesh. And we think those are the evidences that God is smiling on us. I got, you know, I, I won the lottery. You know, I've got all these carnal things going for me. But listen, the truth is some people have mistaken God's blessing and his, and his approval as being evidenced by their own personal satisfaction and pleasure. I'm satisfied right now. I have pleasure right now. Therefore, I must be in the will of God. God must be okay with what I'm doing. But folks, we should always be focused on making sure God's satisfied and pleased. And we should be okay even if that means we go through some hard times. And that might be God's pleasure for us to go through some hard times. And we don't want to, when challenges come, when tribulations come, that's not the time to throw out all our Christianity. That, you know, that's not the time to do it. Because let me tell you, those things aren't always evidence that God's smiling on us. Just because we have a big offering or, some, or a big crowd, well, God must be smiling on our church. Well, God really must be, God must really be smiling at Joel Osteen right now. Look at how crowded his church is. I don't believe God's smiling on that. But we often will mistake those things as God's smiling on it. And so the thing that we've got to understand, though, is our attitude is not God is smiling as long as I'm happy. No, God's smiling when he's happy. And so our attitude shouldn't be as long as I am happy. Our attitude should be as long as he is happy. So if that means we go through some stuff here as a church, 
as long as, as long as he's happy, that's okay. As you go through some things in your family, your attitude should be, hey, as long as God's okay, is happy, I'm okay. That needs to be our attitude. We don't want to get this mixed up. And so we'll say more about this tonight as we look at some uh, great examples in the Bible where people had the wrong idea about what it meant to have God smiling on them. And these are very easy things to do. But what I wanted to do in this message today first is just help you understand this concept of seeking God's face. I believe that people right now are seeking His face. Hallelujah. Keep doing that. I believe as a church, we are seeking His face right now. Let's keep doing that, and let's never, ever stop. Ever. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help to everyone. Lord, I pray that all of us in here will put these things to practice in our own personal lives, and I I pray, especially as a church, that we will do this, that we will always be watching you uh, to see your approval. Help us not looking for approval from man in the community or uh, in any of the places in, the, in a denomination or something like that, but we'll always just be looking to you to make sure you're okay with everything. I pray whatever's preached, our attitude will be as long as, as you're okay, whatever is done here, that we'll just keep you the focal point of everything. In your name we pray. Amen.